say that. It's Woman. not my fault. It's not my fault. It's the cat's fault. Mm-hmm. We bought her catnip and she didn't care. She did not. She just went, huh? She is a most peculiar cat. She is not enamoured of catnip. I think she's a dog in disguise. You she's like she's a girl. She's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a little cat suit. Yeah, she's a little robot, little alien robot from uh, a, a representative of the Urken army. <laughs> or possibly not, I don't know. Possibly not. Shall we begin? She clatters about a bit. She does. We just let her get on with it. Shall we get on with it? Yeah. Okay. Might be a plan. Alrighty. Yeah. Do you want the music now? Yeah, that'd be good. Do, 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 do. I love the way you sing that. And I know it's been written by somebody else for other purposes, but I am coming to think of it as our theme tune. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure the said person would be overly pleased at that. But, you know, they make it available under Creative Commons licensing. Yeah. And stuff. And we're still too cheap to, like, commission somebody to do as a proper one. I don't mean a proper one. It is a, it's a proper piece of music. It's just, you know, and is in a proper one that's for for us. Yeah. Is what I meant. Hours, it's something it's else. Somebody else's, but I quite like it. I'm quite fond of it. Yeah, that one. I quite like that. <sighs> Makes me very happy. Yeah. I hear that. I don't know. Shenanigans are incoming. Shenanigans will ensue. They will. Shall we say hello to the lovely listeners? If you want. Hello, lovely listeners. Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode 43. 43. 43. 43. 43. 43. Of Frithcast. Welcome around the virtual campfire. I'm Suzanne Martin. So it's... What? It's episode like 13 and then another 30. So we go like 13 and then we go 30 and hope nobody noticed. Carry on. Thanks. I'm Suzanne Martin. And I'm Kate. Coffee power dream. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna leave it there. But... No, you were. Yeah. Very coffee powered today. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm 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 Kate. I sort of um I live here kinda of, I live here and I'm a Roman pagan, um with a hint of druid y sort of thing. Uh, and I like coffee. And I can't drink rum because we're going out and well, going to have to drive later. Mm. I've, I'm a coffee-powered druid. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. I don't want to come over like a total drunken lush. Booze hag. <laughs> Maybe a bit. Maybe a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 43, lovely listeners. Hello. Hello. After our, our funny episode and then our mostly serious <laughs> with well, sharks episode... 
we last say time funny. round. Funny-ish. Um, and then we had our sharks and somewhat slightly kind of more serious episode last time round. We thought we'd look at the Havamal and we looked at the Havamal first way back in episode something under 10. Episode Mists of Antiquity. Yeah, right back in the beginning in probably early 2017 we looked at an introduction to the Havamal. It was way back. It was. So if you've joined us since then, don't worry. Yawning. Yeah, but I was doing it quietly enough that they wouldn't have noticed until you went yawning. Yeah, but you were putting me off. I can't help it. I've got the yawns. I was sat right here. I've just got the yawns. It's nothing personal. Anybody would think I was not interesting. You are very interesting. (laughs) You interest me hugely. Uh But I can't help having the... Did you know, it's actually a myth. It is a complete myth to say that people yawn because... They are bored, or beca- nobody knows why we yawn. No, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. It's a, it's a mystery, and nobody knows. And if you're sitting in a, in a, a meeting or a class or a, an academic lecture, or you're at a class, or you're at a, a, a theatre production of mm. some sort, or you're talking to your beloved spouse, mm-hmm. and you yawn, it's not because you're bored. It's because nobody knows why it's because, because nobody knows why we do it. Okay. So there, so I, you can't look at me like that because I'm not bored. You can't look at me like that. Okay, fine. Anyway, I'm not bored. Carry on. Okay. If you have joined us since we did our whistle stop tour of the Havamal which started with a very bad joke, as far as I remember, and we've kind of continued with the bad jokes ever it since. It did, rather, didn't it? It did. If you joined us since then and you haven't quite caught up on the earlier episodes, don't worry. We're going to go over a little bit about what the Havamal is so that, you know, you can have a bit of a memory refresher. And then what I'd like to do in this episode is go over some of the verses that I really like. Okay. This is all... Not necessarily UPG, it's just my personal opinion of the verses that I quite like and the reasons why I like them. It's not necessarily UPG? No. No, it's... This being... It's not necessarily unverified personal gnosis, so it's not an individual personal experience that I can... I am the only one who can hold. Mm -hmm. So it's more like my personal opinion about which of the 164 slash 5 verses... I really like. We don't have time to go through all of them because that would make a very, very long podcast and while some of you might enjoy it, others of you might be late for work and that's not good. I'd enjoy it. I know. We could we could do it in bits, though. We could. 17... When you say 164 slash 165... Yeah. This is... I'm getting a vibe of Star Trek here where there's arguments over the status of the original pilot episode, which is... The two ca- two episodes, but one story. Yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah. I can't remember whether it's the cage or the something else. Okay. But anyway, there was there's arguments because I remember they featured it in South Park once about arguments over with how many episodes there were. But in this case, it's because it's because translation reasons. Uh-huh. If I pull it down to its simplest, easiest reasons, it's because translation reasons. When this poem is written out, it's written in Icelandic. Okay. 
and it's written down in a 13th century, on a, a piece of paper in a 13th century, or piece of stuff in the 13th century. Mm. Um, since then... Well, it's like on the back of a cow or something. Yeah, movable have a mall. Which, you know, ties into bovine bank accounts quite neatly. Thank you very much for that link. That was quite inspired. I do my best. Okay. When you come to translate it, it's some translators will look at 164 verses and others will look at 165. Okay. And that's where it gets to the fun and games, which we're probably not going to get into in this episode because I want to look at my favouritest bits. Alrighty. So just briefly, what are we talking about when we refer to the Habermas? What we are talking about is a poem... Don't swish off if you hated poetry in school. It's not that kind of poem. This is a a poem with a lot of advice in it, a lot of straightforward um, proverbs, if you like. Okay. For me, there's not a lot of metaphor that they use. There are occasional ones, but a lot of it is very, very straightforward, very blunt, which I quite like, words. Um, and each translator that's had a go at it of which there are legion there are around seven four thousand three hundred yeah no probably quite a few more than that actually with the havamal more than one legion uh, yeah more than one <laughs> legion of you've got all the you know hoplites and <laughs> foo on the back no um there's about seven major translations of it there's seven big well-known ones these are all available for free on the interwebs okay all of the transla- all the big translations. Each translator doesn't translate the text exactly the same way. They all have their own specific interpretation of it. So to give you a rough example, a translator working in 1908 is going to translate things differently to an, a translator working now. Makes sense. Because they're going to use different words. They've got different understandings. Their own understandings of what words mean is colouring their understanding of interpreting that text. It's always the nightmare, though, isn't it? I mean, it's it's the problem that um, monotheists have had for... uh, Abrahamic monotheists have had for centuries is the fact that they're picking up... People are picking up bits of old gospel texts or whatever and translating them through Greek, through Latin, through Aramaic, through whatever. Yeah, and And suddenly you get an English version which doesn't quite say what the original Aramaic said. And you've got various different English versions that that say slightly different things. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and then you get revised versions, international standard versions, etc., etc. And you've got trendy versions. Then you've got the trendy versions. So our equivalent of the trendy versions are that you can get people reimagining this. Okay. So there are people who've looked at the verses and reimagined them, not literally translated them word for word, but reimagined them using the the spirit of that verse. Yeah. Into a verse which says something either in the style that they want to portray or that uses the words that they want to use, which might not be an exact direct translation of what's going on. Mm. And I'll give you some examples of those later on. The really, really too long didn't read version of the whole lot of that introduction (laughs) is that the meaning of these verses can change from copy to copy, even if it's slightly. Okay. It provides... Endless entertainment and discussion for the modern heathen. You get two versions of the Havamal. Stick them in a room full of heathens, give them mead and just watch them go. Nice. (laughs) Because it can take hours for people to understand these in through the lens of faith, Mm. through the through a theological lens, through 
an understanding as a modern heathen looking at a translation that was done in 1908 from Icelandic. You've got a whole different, you know, there's a lot of people have had makings in that, in that, and, and it's learning how to sort them out and separate them mm. and look at the biases that might be inherent in any one copy. Okay. The, the Havamal splits very neatly into sections and a lot of the verses I'd like to go through today come from the first sections which are what they call the Wisdom for Wanderers and the Maxims for All Men. So these are the very first set of things in the Havamal are all about hospitality guest right, host right, what you can expect from your guests, what you can expect from your host. These are sort of the rules on how to live as a, as a community. Yes, yeah. yeah. These are the rules on what happens when a stranger comes to your community. Mm. What do you do with them? Where do they go? Who do they talk to? What, what things, as a stranger coming into a community, what things are polite to talk about? Ah, no what religion things, and politics at the dinner table. No religion and politics at the dinner table. So... It's things like what is polite to talk about, not necessarily going on from what is polite for a stranger, what is polite for a friend? Mm. What do they talk about? What are the social graces around alcohol, around food, around friendship, around hospitality for strangers, hospitality for guests? Okay. What are the things that both sides of that can expect? And it ties back to us talking about that social reciprocity which is where you are giving gifts because you might appreciate somebody but you might give a gift if you are of high status and you're thanking somebody for their service yeah you're expecting their loyalty and in the next time you call to arms in that town in that village you are expecting them to come and that gift that you give them is when they accept it their promise that they will come when you call Norse gifts come with baggage Norse gifts come with expectations yeah. and ties and baggage, yes. And they all come with these social expectations. Social reciprocity, rules of hospitality, kind of like the glue that holds this society together. Mm. It doesn't matter where you go, so long as you understand the rules of hospitality, you know what's going to happen when you get there. Yeah. This is a document that's written down in the 13th century, which is a very, very long time ago. It is. It is. So you're thinking, 13th century, the society then is a whole lot different to the society now. Mm. I get to wear trousers. So the society that we have now has values, concepts, ideas, standard relationships that probably weren't even thought of then. Mm. We have electricity, we have roads, we have cars, we have the internet. We have transactions where we don't actually have to produce clinky money this is true yes we can just wave things at other things and things transfer and through the air yeah we don't get to barter anymore no being the downside of that bartering is gone hacking is now in yeah there are parallels with hack silver but my brain's too tired <laughs> <laughs> so how does a document produced then hold society value now because we have two different, very, very different societies. We have two very different sets of values. We have two very different understandings of how the world works. 
we have gods that have developed a thousand years since then. So how do we relate those values in that document to what's going on now? And if you remember back a little bit, I said it was full of very, very plain spoken, practical advice. Yeah. And so these are some of the verses that I really like out of the Havamal. These are the ones that really resonate with me. And the first one that really resonates is the third verse. Okay. This is from the guest rights section. It's the first section that gets detailed in the Havamal. The very first thing they want you to know is hospitality. How to look after your visitors. And your family and your friends, but predominantly how to look after your visitors. These are the things that a guest can expect. These are the things that a guest is, you know, it's nice for a guest to adhere to. Verse 3 is probably one of my favourite ones. So verses 1 and 2 detail a guest coming into the hall. And by the time they're in, we're on to verse 3, which says... Which says... Verse 3 is about the things that a host can provide. So, food, dry, warm clothing, a place for a, a visitor to get warm. This is important. These are important. Especially if you're in Scandinavia. Especially if you're in Scandinavia. This is the verse that I love because it details warm knees. The importance... The warm knees! I remember the warm warm knees. knees. This is the verse that encapsulates the entirety of hospitality in a very, very short, simple understanding. Yeah. So, if you look at um, Olive Bray, she says, He hath need of fire who is now come, numb with cold to the knee. Food and clothing the wanderer craves who has fared o'er the rimy fell. I used to be an adventurer. Until I took an arrow to the knee? Until I got cold to the knee. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, if you look at the Asatru community's translation, he is in need of fire for he is cold through to the bone. No so knees again, there. No knees, but he seeks food and clothing for he's travelled a far distance. Yeah. So again, you're... Your basics of hospitality, hot food, shelter, dry clothing, fire for sitting by. Yeah. All in that one verse. Now, do you remember I said a little bit closer to the beginning, there are those who reinterpret the Havamal through a particular lens, so it's not necessarily a specific direct translation. Okay. Um, One of these is Dr. Jackson Crawford. Now, he's on YouTube and on Twitter. He's a professor of Old Norse, so he talks a lot about the linguistics, sagas. He can speak Old Norse, so he does a lot of Crikey. translation work as okay. well. Um, now, he did, in 2015, a version of the Havamal, which he called the Cowboy Havamal. The Cowboy Havamal? The Cowboy Havamal. Okay. And if you're looking for a nice, steady introduction to the Havamal, this is probably an excellent place to start. I always imagine the person that's saying this is kind of a world-weary older person sat on a rocking chair out on a porch watching the sun go down and saying, right, pin your ears back and listen to this because I need to tell you some stuff. Yep, okay. So the Cowboy Havamal just covers the first uh, 80-odd verses of the Havamal. Okay. But it's it's these ones which are these proverbs, these ways of hospitality that are quite lovely when he he writes them in there 
I right. do like his translation. They make me smile very much. Yeah. Um, if you're going to study the Havamal, pick up one translation to start with. Read the whole thing through. Yeah. Get used to the sections of it. Get used to what kind of language they use. And mm. when you're a bit more familiar with it, find another version of the Havamal and read that and compare it to the first one. Mm. And when you've kind of, you know, got yourself to the end and you think, right, I know two, pick up another one. Pick up another one and another one and another one. What are the bits that don't change? What are the bits that don't change? What are the bits that change a little bit? Mm. Which translations do 164? Which translations do 165? Which translations are reimaginings? Which are direct translations? You can have endless fun with the way. So um, what does verse 3 of the cowboy have a mile have to say? Well, let him get close to the fire and have a chance to dry his clothes. He's been walking in the mountains and that wears a man down. Yeah. So it's this very, very plain spoken advice. Yeah. Pin your ears back and listen. So Olive Bray's got the rhymey fell. Yeah. So she's got the hills in there. Yep. Yeah. The cowboy Havamal's got, he's been walking in the mountains. Yes, so and it wears a man down, so he's, he's tired, he's cold, he's hungry, he's come to your door, what are you doing? The tack version, now obviously, far be it from me to highlight, you know, I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not saying, they don't, the tack version doesn't talk about hills, it just says he's travelled a far distance. Hmm, yep, fair translation either way. Mm. But again... It gets the message across, it gets the point across. It gets the point across... And depends on what you like. Mm. Depends on what translation most resonates with you. You'll probably find that one does or two do more than others. Mm. And then, you know, use those as your base for jumping off and seeing what the other ones say as well. Yeah. It's not just food and warmth and clothing that the Havamal talks about. There are an inordinate amount of verses about beer. Good. About Good. alcohol, specifically. Good. Um, if we look at verses 11 and 12, they're talking about alcohol, but they're talking about it in moderation. I'm sorry, what? I know. It's great, isn't it? They, you're going to have to explain that one to me. I know. Booze <laughs> hag. <laughs> <laughs> so, 11 and 12 talk about the fact that you can't bear anything better than your own wits and if you're too drunk that's a worse burden to bear yeah if a person takes with him knowledge he can take nothing better for a drunken mind is the worst thing he can take with him tax translation and verse 12 alcohol is not a greater thing as it's supposed to be the more you drink the less you master yourself I can think of occasions where I have I have mastered myself less than perhaps I should. <laughs> and I look... can't deny alcohol might have played a part. <laughs> if you look at the cowboy Havamal version, the worst way to make yourself into a goddamn fool is to drink too much. Stay out of the liquor, except you know your limits. Fair dude. And, oh folks... Say this and that, how much fun it is to drink and all, but the more you drink, the less you know. And that's a poor exchange. Yeah. And I quite like these verses. Yeah. 
Makes sense. Um, you did sound you did sound awfully British there when I you know. were reading that out. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm glad it's showing through finally. Verse nineteen is again about that moderation with alcohol. Okay. Only drink your share and speak useful words or do not speak at all. No one can blame you for bad manners if you retire to bed early. So again, it's knowing your limit. It's getting to the point where you're having a good time, but then thinking, right, I don't have to take it any further. I can just stay at this level. If I keep going like this, I'm going to start shouting at folk slash sobbing slash singing. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And it is not going to go well. No. So I'm Um, going to bed. And yes, they were an armed society, but we have YouTube. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Even worse. So it's not going to end well either way. No. No. You are going to get recorded. Yeah. And everybody's got video cameras on them. Oh, yeah. Wisdom-wise, there's a lot of understanding of wisdom, of learning in the Havamal. Learn as much as you can. Mm. Get that knowledge into your head. There's verse 18 is probably one of my favourites on the topic of wisdom and knowledge. Um, If you look at the Olive Bray translation, he knows alone who has wandered wise and far has fared on the way. What manner of mind a man doth own who is wise of head and heart? Hang on a minute. Okay. What? Basically means... That if you're going to see how other people do things, you need to get out there and see how other people do things. If you're going to understand why other people hold the values they do, get out there and see it. Wait, what? Underst- see things from other people's point of view? Oh, yes. This That's is 20- what it says. This is 2018. You don't do that. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do. So this verse is all about getting to understand other people, becoming wise to the workings of others becoming understanding what values you hold so what decisions they're likely to make it's incredibly important for somebody who trades of course so if you're going to travel all the way down the volga river and meet the rus and meet the people around there you need to know how they trade Mm. because otherwise you could end up making goodness knows what and not coming back with anything yeah so i like verse 18 it's like Understand the values that they hold, understand the lives that they lead. You've got to do that many, many times. You're only going to get smarter by knowing more people and mm. seeing more places. And The heart of diplomacy. Getting out there, the heart of trade as well. Mm. Incredibly important to a seafaring people. Yeah. We've just got a few more verses to go. So I'm going to look at verses 20 and 21 in okay. tandem, again as a pair. And this is more about staying home rather than going out and going out and seeing the world. Okay. And this is more about uh, being in control of yourself. So... Are we talking willpower here? We are talking willpower here. Mm. So getting to know, you know, having knowledge, understanding your own limits. Yeah. Knowing where your moderation is and having willpower over yourself now if I look at the cowboy have version of 20 and 21 they're talking about somebody who overeats 
being assigned that they can't they don't have any willpower over their own self okay a belly is a sure sign that a man's not in control of himself folks will laugh if you're eating too much your stomach's not your head you can put too much into it indeed yes verse 21 follows that theme you ever seen a fat cow i mean they're all fat but only to a point they don't eat so much that they hurt themselves and a cow is just about the dumbest thing on this damn earth so i if a cow can get the hang of how much is too much a human being ought to get the hang of how much is too much yeah i know i get that i get that Let's twist that verse around again, because the other two translations I'm looking at here, the Asatru Community Translation and the Olive Bray Translation, both talk about the foolish man overstaying their welcome, not knowing the measure of talking. So again, not knowing, not having the willpower to stop. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So the Tack version and Olive Bray... Especially verse 21. They actually don't focus on the eating at all. No. Particularly. I mean, they're, they're saying... Oh, I, they're what? talking... They're, they're making an analogy between the mind and the stomach and filling both. Yeah. And not filling both. All in the same verse. Yeah. So Taka concentrating on overstaying your welcome. Yeah. Yeah. The foolish will overstay their welcome. Olive Bray does talk about it, but she, she says, uh, never found is a foolish man... Who knows the measure of his more? Yes, she's so, she's good at these fancy words. She, she? Is, is very. Is, she's in nineteen oh eight. I was going to say this is what comes of being in nineteen oh eight. I guess. Um, but this is, both of those are talking about the fact that if you're foolish, you're not going to understand when you've hit your, the, the overstaying point, and, the herds can understand when they've hit their overstaying point because they don't overeat. So why can't the human being understand when they, they're over overstaying yeah, point? They know they'll be in. It's like it's like where where I used to live. I used to live out in the out in the countryside, as indeed you did yourself. Mm-hmm. But I was in a very um, uh, sheepy farmery kind of area, mm. uh, and we used to have and they used to be free roaming over quite a lot of the land near us. Yeah, and you'd have two points in the day when the sheep would just. All of a sudden, they just everybody goes this way, yeah, and they'd walk all the way across this land and they'd end up over there, and then they'd stand there for the day, and then it come the evening, it would be, it would be the sheep would all go, oh, okay, let's go back this way again, yeah, and they just do it without thinking, yeah. yeah. So this verse is, yes, it's making analogy between a full belly and wisdom, mm. and saying it's good to have lots of wisdom and knowledge, but it's not good to overeat and overstay your welcome but it's also not good to if you don't have the knowledge in your head and you're a foolish man you're not going to know when you've overstayed your welcome this is true so it's quite a complex kind of almost like a two-way analogy of of all of those elements in very very short verse um verse 23 is probably one of my favorites um, it reminds me there's a quote in uh, The 13th Warrior where they are laying down to sleep and the the adventurers are laying down to sleep and waiting for the monster to come and attack and everybody else is kind of rolling over on the side and getting a bit of a kip 
And Antonio Banderas's character is laid there looking at the ceiling going, I do not like this. There's going to be a monster coming and everybody's going to sleep and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his friend rolls over to him and goes, you know, what are you doing? Why are you still awake? He says, oh, monster. Sleep? No, don't want to do that. He says, well, fear profits man nothing. And that's what this verse um, reminds me of. You see... There's a couple of different there's a couple of different versions of this that I've run into yeah. in my time. Um, I uh, there is a quote which actually um, uh, features in a, a certain uh, Rome-based strategy game that I play on the computer sometimes, and it, it, it throws up a selection of quotes while you're waiting for it to do something. Um, and one of them is a quote from I can't remember who. Okay. Um, in one of those betogad chaps that wow. used to write i don't know ovid Stuff. or cicero or somebody like that <coughs> and well, he said try our best to find out lovely listeners and put you some links in the description like you usually do yeah um and, and he says um better it is to have a stout heart always and face your share of troubles than to be ever fearing what may happen or something along those lines yes and it's like yeah i can i can i can go with that yeah. Intellectually, I can go with that. And people say to me in, in real life, because I'm a warrior. I don't know whether you've noticed. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a warrior. I tend, to, I, tend to, I tend to whittle about things. Um, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Thing, you know, at all levels of life. Um, and people will say to me, lots of people will say to me, um, uh, why worry about something you can't do anything about? Yep. Which is fine. All verses about. Well, I'm not going to contest the Havamal, okay. obviously. I'll well, just point out... Contest it, discuss it, it's fine. I'll just point out that my response to that mm. is that if I could do something about it, I wouldn't be worrying, I'd be doing something about it. Yeah, there's that It's too. because I can't do anything about it that all I've got to do is worry. Yeah. Uh, lovely listeners, if you figure out how to... How to do this, please let us know. Um, the Asatru community translation here is a stupid person will lie awake at night thinking of all their problems. They are tired when morning comes and their problems still exist. So the Asatru community is calling me stupid, basically. No, definitely not. I mean, Olive Bray uses the, the more tactful version of unwise. The unwise man. The unwise man. But I, I, you know, I'm not making a big thing of it. I'm no, just... I know. Here, again, it's fear profits man nothing mm. in four lines. And it's... For me, the Havamal is almost like chess. It's very, very easy to understand the words. It's very difficult to master what it's telling you. Yeah. For me, personally. You might find that it's like, you've got this. I got this, I done this, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still, sometimes it's very difficult to to get into situations for me and I have to remind myself what the Havamal says and use that as a guide to try and get myself through a situation. Mm. If we go on to our last one, because I'm very aware of the time, verse 127. 
this is the one that doesn't have because it's closer to uh, sort of two thirds of the way through what's going on. It doesn't have a cowboy have a mall equivalent. Okay. So what I do have here is uh, the tack translation and the olive bray translation. All so right. we're going to compare those two. Verse one two seven comes from what's called the Stray Singers Council section. So mm. you might see it as Lord Fafnir's words or Council for the Stray Singer. And all of the verses here start with the same sort of three or four lines and then you get the little bit of advice tacked on the end. Yeah. Every verse has the same thing. So Olive Bray's translation, I counsel thee, Stray Singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou dost obeys them. They will work thy wheel if thou winst them. She is very 1908, isn't she? She's just a little bit 1908 for my liking. Basically, they're saying, my my advice is sound, bro. Indeed. Um, pin your ears back and listen up because I'm going to tell you some home truths. I think that's how it goes. I'm going to Viking-splain this to you. Yeah. I'm going to Viking-splain this to you. You are going to sit down and listen. And okay. This is solid. I think that's how they say it. But I could be wrong. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's... it's, it's, it's uh, no, I, I don't know. Well, Olive Bray, the last two lines of hers are Rejoice not ever at the tidings of ill, but let thy soul be in good. There's a couple of little hiccups in here for me. If you look at the traditional translation, when you see misdeeds... Speak out against them and give your enemies no frith. Now, frith I take here as peace, as domestic peace, peace within a household, yeah. peace within a community, harmonious existence with others. Yeah. So when you see misdeeds, speak out against them. Give your enemies no peace. Olive Bray's translation basically says, let thy soul be in good, which is... It's got a lot of Abrahamic overtones for me, that phrase. Mm. Um, the Asatru community's translation, do not rejoice in evil doings, but be happy to do good things. I can go with that a little bit better than I can go with Bray. Yeah, okay. But I still prefer when you see misdeeds, speak out against them and give your enemies no peace, mm. no frith. This verse, that line in this verse, Havamal verse 127 is the basis of Declaration 127. Um, and this is a, a stance, a statement that has been signed by groups and by individuals to state that they are against um, folkish ideals within heathenry, against right-wing ideals within heathenry. When we say folkish in this context... I'm talking about white supremacist racists racists I'm not there are focusts within tack there are focusts that are still good people mm. but the focusts I'm talking about are the ones who are white supremacist the ones who are racist the ones who are homophobic transphobic biphobic the ones who are frightened those ones yeah yeah those ones the one thing they all have in common is that they fear mm. they fear difference um, for me a lot of my strength comes through knowing different people yeah i have strength in diversity yeah 
there is no strength in me gathering people that are exactly the same as me. Mm. I can't ever grow that way. Fragility. I can't ever... Brittleness. Yeah. I can't ever debate. I can't understand. I can't grow as a person. Mm. If I go out into the world and I only ever see people who are like me, how am I going to learn the workings of the world like in the earlier Havamal verse? Mm. I don't get to find them. Yeah. I don't get to sit and talk with them as equals. I don't get to help me understand them. Mm. So you don't get to trade properly and you don't get to yeah. sign treaties and alliances and all that, all kind, of of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Declaration 127, if you want to have a, go and have a look at it for yourselves, because that's kind of what we encourage you to do here on Frithcast. We don't sort of say, right, here is your information, we're going to spoon feed it to you and this is the only way. We say, no, here are the links, go find it. Figure it out for yourself, because we can't tell you how to heathen. We can't tell you how to heathen, no. Take a look at Declaration 127. Yeah. It's at declaration127.com, which is quite easy to remember. That's a good one. Take a look at it for yourself. Make Mm. your own mind up Mm. what you think about it. Yeah. But that declaration is based on this Havamal verse. And that's really the point. Yeah. Is essentially just explaining where this comes from, why why it has that name. Yeah. And how it's uh, how it's interpreted, and how it's so we circle all the way back to our beginning points. How can a 13th century codex document be relevant to our lives today? Declaration 127 is based on Havamal verse 127. Mm. It's directly impacting on who we are as modern heathens yeah. and where what stance we choose to take in that socio-political understanding. Mm. So we hope you've kind of enjoyed this fairly quick zoom around the Havamal verses, some of my favourite Havamal verses in this episode. Yeah. If you want to find us online, you can find me. I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm on Facebook and I'm also on Twitter. And if you want to find me, and you probably don't, but if you do, you can find me at uh, my website, glassrain.net, uh, which I occasionally update. And uh, I do have social media accounts linked from there, which I fairly rarely update. Uh, but still there, though. Uh, it's still, still there. Yeah. But drop me, drop me a, a note and I'll come back to you. Yeah, drop us a friend request, drop us queries, comments. It's abuse. No, don't drop us abuse. Whatever you like, really. No, just a high is good. It's the internet. Yeah, hello. You know. <laughs> we'll wave back as soon as we can. We will. And we will talk to you all next time for episode 44. 44. See you then. See you. Bye-bye. Bye.